Just a little disclaimer before we get started. Due to some content in this episode, this episode may not be suitable for our listeners under the age of 18, so listener discretion is advised. Hey friends, I'm Ash. I'm Elle. We are Lovey Cosplay. This is Shenanigans Cosplayers Say. We do have a special guest with us today. Um, the Cosplay Bunny is joining us. Hello. Hello. So Blue is hanging out with us today for a very special episode. Our first episode where we have very little to no expertise on the subject. <laughs> And we've only tangented for 29 minutes so far before we that started recording. It might be a record, a guest record of tangent where it only took us 29 minutes before we actually started the recording. We're already breaking records. We're off to a strong start. We are breaking records. <laughs> that's, I mean, but that's what happens. We're, you know, we choose people we like. So we tend to end up with a conversation before the actual episode conversation. Our pre-conversation conversation. Um, Speaking of things that we like, though, our Barbie costumes are here. Please. As of right now, we haven't seen it yet, but we definitely ordered the Malibu Barbie roller skate outfits. We will be seeing it tomorrow. Yes. In real time. Because by the time this comes <laughs> so, out, it will be tomorrow. Yes. They are so neon. Excellent. It's screaming wait. 90s, like, Saved by the Bell at me. The only thing she's missing is, like, a windbreaker to, like, put around her waist. I've looked. I've oh, good. Some. Oh, good. I, I just haven't decided which one I want yet. I might wait until it's in my hands. Yeah, so, so you can see how it's very pink. It's very pink. I mean, it, it's it's a lot of pink. Excellent. It's quite, quite deep. I will never, ever get away from pink is all I've no, determined. No, you won't. It's no. a good problem to have. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not a bad problem to have, but I always end up with characters in pink, apparently. Ash always ends up with pink, and I apparently end up with purple a lot, which is how Gengar is made of, like, four different costumes leftovers. It's fine. We're just going to have a lot of pink in our future. <laughs> oh, no. It's fine. But, it, no, it's very neon. It's very reminiscent of, like, elementary school outfit. <laughs> like, the bright neon. Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank, yes. There you go. There you yes. go. <laughs> Screams like Lisa Frank Neon. Excellent. If only there were animal prints on it, then it would look like Lisa Frank threw up on us. Right. I'm very excited about our neon green high tops as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, because clearly we're not going to actually rollerblade around a con floor. No, we can't. And I frankly, could you, neon rollerblades, really? (laughs) There would be not even, the standing up probably wouldn't even occur. I would just fall over. Like there'd be, no. I did, there is, however, knockoff Barbie roller skates being sold at Big Lots right now. That doesn't surprise me at all. Very tempting, because it's the pattern of the, like, bodysuit and the jacket. Mm. And part of me is like, hmm, those are $30. <laughs> Do I need them? <laughs> they are adult-sized. Of course I might are. be able to stand on those and not fall. Um, I just really enjoy that everyone's up in arms about it. They're like, this movie isn't for kids. And I'm like, and? Yeah, yeah. And what about it? Like, <laughs> who? What's your who point? Who made here? you think this was for children? 
not yeah. everything has to be for children. But you could tell by watching the previews, this is not a tiny kid movie. No. Speaking of, I should probably mention that this, we're going to put this under our 18 plus content episode. So if you are under the age of 18, this episode may or may not be appropriate for you, but that is your place to judge and not ours. But since we don't put everything under explicit anymore, we will put this one under there just so nobody gets mad and gets us canceled on the podcast app. So... I'm pretty sure the majority of people listening to us are over the age of 18, but that's okay. I'm assuming that anybody that's not over the age of 18 that listens to us probably lied about their age when they logged into their podcast app. Probably. <laughs> or they're, and no one's watching us through YouTube because those numbers are like non-existent. So <laughs> the children's are not watching us through YouTube. So that's okay. But, you know, we're following the rules of the podcasting. Boring. Platform so boring. Um, but speaking of things not always having to be for children, um, cosplay like also does not have to be for children. Um, so we are going to talk about the uh, more sexier side of cosplay, essentially. Blue, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so my name's Blue, um, but I'm known around the internet as the Cosplay Bunny. I've been doing cosplay for right about 10 years, a little bit over now. And yeah, I I do 18 plus. I do adult cosplay as my full-time job. 100% full-time. Yes. That is impressive. Good <laughs> on you. That is a lot of work. Congratulations. Congratulations. Because <laughs> I can't imagine how much work that is. Uh, it's it's taken time to get here, but uh, I, it's my passion. So <laughs> it's that worth helps. it's worth it. It's always <laughs> nice to do what you love. So now you do primarily what you would consider like boudoir style content. Yeah. Um. So my content is I don't do any video stuff. Um. I take all of my own pictures, so everything I do is uh, photo based. Um. But I do full nudity. That's gonna be nice that you can do that yourself too. When I so I started doing this uh, about four years ago now, mm-hmm. and yeah, I I kind of resigned myself to the fact that I didn't feel very comfortable being shot by other people. So that kind of kickstarted my journey into learning how to take my own pictures. You're all in control of your content, which is really nice. I'm very artsy with my stuff. So when it came down to like planning my shoots, I realized that not only did I want full control for my own comfort, but I also wanted full control so I could go as elaborate as, as I wanted, as I could dream, you know? And you do some beautiful edits on your Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, It's very clean. It's very seamless. You would not, um, your body paint trick is fantastic. Oh, it's, it's my super secret trick that when I tell people (laughs) it blows their minds. How much of a learning curve did you have when you first started doing self-portrait? Um, honestly, like what I found is I couldn't really find somebody that replicated a style I wanted and I didn't know where to start. So I just, I kind of picked up a camera and just started Googling what I needed to get by. And then honestly, uh, I've been shooting professionally and I, I branch out and I shoot other people now. Uh, so it's probably taken me like two years to like fully be comfortable and say that like you're never a master of your work but I, I'm very comfortable with where I am 
Well, and it's, I mean, it's very nicely done because obviously we've seen what you are able to post publicly on the internet, which is more of what you would think of as cosplay boudoir and yes. style work a lot of the time. But it's very, like, you're right. It's very artsy. It's very like, you, you tell a story with a lot of your photos. You can oh, feel you. like <laughs> the emotions of the character. You can tell that there's like things happening. It's not, it doesn't come off as like a pretty picture but there's like more behind them. So it's not yeah, like I kinda, pretty clickbait. I kind of pride myself on like, I, I almost build a narrative for every shoot. I, I shoot a lot of things that are very close to my heart, like a lot of characters I'm attached to. So I really enjoy sitting down and like putting a lot of effort into actually like, what's the narrative? What What is the story I'm telling with the character? And I, I almost build it out like a comic book in my head. And that's kind of how I plan my shots for the shoot. Your visual storytelling definitely comes across in the, the photos that you share. Well, thank you. <laughs> and you make most of your costumes as well, correct? Every now and then I buy stuff, but for a large portion, I, I do make things. Um, for a long time, I was uh, like a competition style cosplayer. I used to do huge armor builds all the time. And I slowly just kind of transitioned into uh, making stuff for photos. So do you only do primarily cosplay work or do you ever do more like the traditional kind of like? boudoir uh I do a little bit of everything honestly um I, for a long time I did uh just boudoir I did that for a couple years and then uh I just sat back and I realized uh the the thing that I enjoy about this is portraying characters at like their most intimate moments mm. and so for me that's when I kind of crossed over into doing more of that like 18 plus like full nudity adult line of work is your preference more on the cosplay side then so that you can do more of that character building and storytelling? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I like anything where I get to be really creative and for cosplay, it's so easy because I have like direct references. So I, I mm -hmm. tend to prefer leaning into uh, doing the cosplay side, but for sure. So what ended up drawing you from like competition cosplay into like this line of work? Well, it's, it's kind of a funny story. So, um, I, I always gravitated towards adult work. Um, there was something I found uh, very artful about it. And I knew that it it's not as simple as it seems. My A lot of my background uh, job-wise is in film. And okay. so uh, I worked on film sets for a long time. So I knew there, there's an extreme amount of work and care that goes into producing any kind of adult work. And so um, I, I was building armor like crazy. I was doing back-to-back -back competitions and I got really burnt out and I kind of sat back and I went, oh, what is going to make me the happiest? And that's when I realized I had been holding myself back from doing this line of work out of fear of people judging me. And you do unfortunately see that a lot in our community, um, mm -hmm. which is why one of the reasons I was so glad that you reach out to us um, forever ago at this point. <laughs> but it takes us a while when we plan so far in advance. But um, you know, you see that negativity still in our community that I wish wasn't there. Um, oh, for because, sure. like, adult cosplay is still cosplay. Absolutely. Um, if there's one thing that I've learned, it's it, it doesn't matter if you're building huge armor, or if you're building something for a competition, or if you're shooting boudoir or anything like that. Um, it all comes with its own unique challenges. It's all difficult. Um, there's an art to all of it. And honestly, at, at its core, like, if you're dressing up as a character, it's still cosplay. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, there's no, 
requirement. It's not like there's a percentage of like, this needs to look like this character to X percent, or it's not cosplay. Like For sure. Not. We we allow people to make original designs of characters all the time. How is this any different? I think a lot of it comes from, you know, all of us grew up as nerds, right? Yeah. And I think that in that weird, like, early 2000s, mid-2000s window, there was a lot of that, like, internalized misogyny, slut-shaming, I'm not like the other girls thing. And you, you know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. I think no, that that kind of spilled over. And I feel like we're now just starting to dig ourselves out of it. It's only just now starting to become more mainstream and accepted. Well, that's just kind of how the United States has treated any type of sex work or adult work in general. It's oh, for just sure. been very negative, very like, oh, gasp, clutch. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just kind of how it's just the way that it is. Like, people have dealt with the stigma since, you know, the United States started. I mean, the Greeks didn't care. <laughs> they were oh, all for sure. they were like party yeah you do you you're adult so let's get it done sending <laughs> adults it's cool it's mm-hmm. acceptable you know in our culture it's always been like this horrible thing you know way back even in the 1800s it was like can't do this it's evil it's horrible mm-hmm. and that's just kind of filtered in to our society and like for our age group, us being in our late thirties, you know, a lot of us will think of the movie like Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm, for sure. It's that like stereotype of, you know, the sex worker down on their luck, doesn't want to be doing this, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of everybody's saying, well, anyone who does this doesn't want to be doing this. This isn't what they like. This isn't something they want to do. This isn't how it works. And it's like, that's not necessarily correct. Everything doesn't look like what we see in a lot of like old 90s movies it's a much wide, wider industry than i think a lot For of people sure. realize yeah um, there's, and there's I, like this stigma of people getting into it because they have to yes. and i i'm slowly seeing the tide turn and people realizing like more people are getting into it because they have a passion for it and i feel like that's that's so important that we change that narrative it's it's empowering for a lot of people oh it's it absolutely really, is it's a, having control over yourself and and your body and how it's portrayed to other people when and where it's it can be very empowering for people well, and I yeah, feel for... like the um I feel like the pandemic had like a both a positive and negative effect on this because there were a lot of people that seemed like they went into it because they needed to but then there were a lot of people that discovered it because they wanted to Oh, absolutely. I mean, there we kind of go through these weird phases on the internet where there'll be a huge boom of people getting into it and getting out of it. Um it always makes me happy when I see people joining it because they they have a passion and they feel like they haven't been able to express that part of themselves. Because honestly, like for me personally, I found it it's made me happier with who I am, like physically, mentally. Um, there, there's a lot of negative talk about it. And I, I think it's great to see so many people getting into it because they genuinely love it, not because they feel they have to. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very similar to what we hear from, like, our friends who are burlesque performers. They're like, Mm -hmm. it's empowering. It gives us this sense of self. There's just this energy that this gives you. And you can, when you go and you watch, like, burlesque performers, you can feel that energy. Mm -hmm. Like, there is this, like, confidence and the way that they move and they work the room that, like, you wouldn't see anywhere else. And then it 
is kind of intoxicating. You're like, well, no, I want that. Like, I want to feel what they're feeling. Like, <laughs> that sounds great. Like, yeah, we how, how do happy I do feel that? Chemicals. Right? Yep. I want those happy feel-good chemicals that they're getting by feeling empowered in themselves. Well, and of course, the way that our social media is set up doesn't help anyone who wants to do 18 plus content. Oh, for sure. It's it's all the worst. Yeah, <laughs> it's all the media, worst. Like, it's weird because, so like, because people are, the big complaint you always hear in the cosplay community is, well, when you do adult content, you automatically get so many more followers and likes and, and it's like, but at the same time, the social media is always cracking down on adult content creators. Yeah, I think that there's like, there's a weird misconception of like, oh, the second that you take your clothes off, people are just going to start flooding your follows. And honestly, the market is extremely oversaturated, like all the time. And so I like everyone's struggling on Instagram. You like, it's not unique to you. It's not unique to me. Like it, it's not as easy as just, oh, I'll just, you know, put a bikini on and suddenly people are flooding my follows. Like everybody is doing the hustle. Everybody is doing the grind because these social media apps, they, they hate it. Like Instagram hates anything remotely adult. I mean, Twitter is starting to get that way as well. It's, and people don't realize how often sex workers are deplatformed and have to run and go to the next thing that's trending. Like we have to start over constantly. Now out of, curiosity is there a social media that caters to I'm gonna assume that there has to be I mean for a long time it was Twitter that was where okay. uh Twitter and Reddit was kind of where that mm-hmm. flourished but like as of right now it's kind of this weird up in the air like where's everybody gonna go like mm. the, and it seems that seems to be the way it is every couple of years as things start to trend towards it needs to be more family friendly it's like oh god here we go again like and we are in a Tumblr. big Oh, when Tumblr. Tumblr. When Tumblr got the... Oh, Tumblr's uh, such a good made. example. Like, that's the only reason why people went on Tumblr. It was. That was, was for the, the stories and the fan art and the photos. Like, that's the only reason why people, anybody was ever on Tumblr. Tumblr's like, such a good example of it. Yeah. Like, if you can look at it in, like, actual metrics and funds, the Tumblr's downtrend after they said, get out of here, it's family friendly. And everybody left. They're like, well, I'm taking my money and running. Mm-hmm. Right? There was nothing else left for the Tumblr. Like, nobody cared anymore. Nope. <laughs> it's like, bye. Well, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know that Patreon does that to adult content as well. They like, if you, because we, one of the reasons we didn't have a Patreon already is because our title alone put us as adult content on Patreon. And then they hide your Patreon. Oh, yeah. I, I had a Patreon gosh, several years back. And I finally left because I was having so many issues with payouts and I was having technical issues. And that's back when I was just doing boudoir. I can't imagine trying to do what I do now without getting, you know, a slap on the wrist. So I take it that OnlyFans is still the place to be. Uh, As of right now, um, if, if there's one thing that I would say, it's don't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm. I have an OnlyFans because I, I like that you can do like a reoccurring subscription model mm-hmm. if that's something you have interest in. Um, but I have my own website where I actually sell everything individually. So like I'll put, I put out sets of photos and people can go and buy them individually. And that's great because, you know, heaven forbid if OnlyFans ever went down or if they ever changed their terms of service, I'm not all my revenue is not stuck in one place. Yeah. That's just smart business in general, though, having multiple revenue streams. Yes. 
Blue is a very smart business person, so. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I try. Well, I think that's a big misconception, too, is, like, a lot of people that we know that do this kind of, like, they have to be so savvy business people. I mean, there's it so much that goes into there's, it. I, I think that a lot of people think, oh, you know, you, you take off your clothes and you take pictures of yourself. And I'm like, no, like, I... I have to do taxes. I have to track my expenses. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're, we're tax our, deductions. These are also the things people don't realize about guesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, There's lots of things besides going to con that you have to do that, like, we're going to talk about it in our last episode of this season after we complete the great guesting experiment. But, yeah, there's so many, like, behind the scenes things that happen that nobody sees they get to they see don't... the pretty pictures we get to see the the irs forms <laughs> exactly yeah. like and like trying not to screw up your square reader i'm afraid of our square reader <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> i don't want to mess it up <laughs> we have our first booth at the end of august and i'm nervous about running it yeah. Oh, you got like, this. You got it's this. It's been like 15 years almost since I ran a booth. So it's Yeah, well, you did it professionally, so. so. Nobody ever sees the business side of any of this kind of stuff. Like, nobody realizes how much goes into it. And yeah, I mean, that's a really smart thing to not put everything in one place. Oh, for sure. It's, it's the one goes... piece of advice I dole out all the time is you're always at the mercy of whatever platform you're on. So wouldn't it suck if tomorrow you lost all that revenue because they decided to change? Maybe they got bought or sold or something. You always want to make sure that you're diversifying your income as much as possible. Because you never know when they're going to become X. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) What are they even going to call? Diversifying your stock. (laughs) Yes, we can talk about What are tweets going to be called? Um, (laughs) I don't know, but the... uh, I guess it'll just be the app that, you know, was formerly known as Twitter. R.I.P. Oh, bye, Twitter. Twitter. (laughs) You were were a real one. Yeah. Well, I know you did um, really well on TikTok for a while as well, yes? Yeah, I did. Um, I, gosh, I hopped into TikTok just like everybody else in, like, 2020, and a lot of my content was like Dungeons and Dragons and kind of like talking heads stuff. And I, I've had some stuff that I've been working on, so I haven't been able to put like my, my full gusto into it, but I I plan on getting back to it soon. The one app we still have not figured out at all. It is a chore. (laughs) It's yeah. It uh, TikTok is a lot of work. We'll, we'll have a um, TikToker on here at some point, but it is an absurd amount of work. Um, I know, like, good on you people, but that <laughs> you, it, you can't have another job if you're going to make TikTok work. Like, yeah, yeah it is to be your job. <laughs> it's kind of like doing YouTube where you're just, you're filming mm-hmm. for hours and I'm like, man, I got to sew. I don't have the time. <laughs> right, right. Like I got to do some other things in my life. I need to do other things. So speaking of that, when you kind of started to switch into this kind of work, um, When, like, have you run into situations with, like, the stigma behind doing adult work in cosplay? Oh, always. I mean, um, I, like anybody else, deal with mean comments all the time. (laughs) Um, But I've also run into people that um, 
when they find that out about me, they tend to not take me as seriously, whether that's as a businesswoman or as a craftsman. Um, I, I still deal with it all, all the time. Uh, it's, it's gotten a lot better, but it's still something I encounter every now and then. Um, cons are becoming a lot better about it as mm-hmm. having me guessed. Uh, mm-hmm. It used to be like, hey, that's a no-go, but I'm finding more and more that people actually want me to be there because I have kind of this different expertise, you know? Yeah, it's finding the right places. Oh, for sure. So speaking of stigma, how have your personal acquaintances reacted to your newer line of work? Oh, gosh. So um, I'm I'm married. And so uh, when I started, um, I had been doing boudoir for a while. So my husband, he, he always knew that I had an interest in that area. So that was something that we sat down and talked about. And he knew that it was something... I was going to go in the direction of eventually. So he was very supportive. I'm I'm very lucky to have such a a good partner. Um, My, my mom was a model and my mom actually did boudoir for several years. And so um, it, it wasn't really a shock to her. Um, And, you know, growing up where I grew up in Vegas, um, you see taboo stuff all the time. It's just the nature of here. Right. So, um, Luckily, my my parents were super cool with it. Uh, the only person I didn't tell was my brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a TikTok go viral that was joking about my job. Uh, he got sent that by a friend and decided he was going to tell on me on Easter. <laughs> <laughs> and they already knew. Uh, they already knew. Uh, so... He he ended up being super cool about it. He was like, hey, you know what? I'm supportive. You know, I, I don't care that much. So luckily, family-wise, I really haven't had a problem with it. Um, it's always an interesting subject to broach with, like, friends and acquaintances. Um, you know, some people are very sensitive of it, and some people don't really care. Um, luckily, a lot of the people I, that I've come into, like, it's just becoming so normalized that a lot of people are a lot more cool than you would expect. A lot of people expect people to be like, oh my gosh, get out of here. But I, I have yet to have anything that abrasive happen. Good. I just like that he tried to like out you on a holiday and yeah. <laughs> didn't, oh, it didn't work. I was like at Easter dinner. <laughs> I was like, why? Mom, dad, I have something to tell you. Something super dramatic. <laughs> and they were like, and what about it? Like, <laughs> that's amazing. Right? like and and good for her right and why should i care why should i care that you know i'm having flashbacks to when we did a a panel um with our convention burlesque troupe that we used to run around with and my parents came oh Oh, no well we used to do 18 plus skits oh Um, gotcha so the subject matter was adult but i mean so but we didn't actually do like traditional, like burlesque. But we did. Mm-hmm. We, would, we would kitten for them, um, and we would do eighteen plus skits um, for the, you know, subject matter. And so my parents came to a show once, so they could come and support us. And yeah, they're just like, we didn't know where you're going with this conversation. And I was talking <laughs> about being comfortable in my own skin because I had a supportive family. But I was talking about how. Like a couple weeks before, we had done a miraculous ladybug photo shoot, and here I am, like a plus size cosplayer in spandex. And 
I think they had a little bit of relief, but uh, they would have been supportive either way. Your parents will come to anything we do, though, so. They will. They legitimately will, so. They came all the way to Michigan. They did. Well, and if we would have gone to C4, they would have come all the way to the Netherlands. Well, that's because you have family there. Yes, that's true. (laughs) No. I wouldn't have been surprised if they had shown up in Spain, honestly. Yeah. I think it was it was uh, it was France's family that showed up in yes Spain yes that was cute yeah there might have been more but those are the ones that I knew about for sure I mean that's always the like I think there are a lot more families and spouses that are supportive than people would think like people's first thought is what does your husband think oh yeah what I get asked that all the time think? and it's like. <laughs> The, the odds are is that that conversation had been had way before you're actually seeing the thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for because sure. You, like, you can't do this stuff, like, in secret. Like, yeah. It's it, it was there. a conversation that we had had on and off for years at that point. So when mm-hmm. it was finally like, hey, I'm going to do the thing, it was like, oh, sick, you do you. Like, <laughs> Right. Do you have any advice for how to, like, approach that with a partner if they're like even if it's just like hey I want to try a boudoir shoot once even if it's not like something they're gonna like share with everyone oh um, sure I mean even some people get kind of my partner's one of them <laughs> gets a little weird about that sometimes oh sure I think that communication is extremely extremely important with this line of work period whether it's with a spouse or if you're working with someone like you have to be 100% up front. Um, my best piece of advice would be, you know, be upfront about it, be honest, say, you know what, I have an interest in this. That doesn't mean you're going to post it, you know, and, you know, start taking pictures and see how you feel. Does it make you feel empowered? Does it make you feel uncomfortable? Um, and then, you know, continue that conversation and see where it leads. You know, it's, it's hard like when you're in a committed relationship because you can't just pull the trigger and just be like, aha, surprise. Um, that's something that you and a partner have to kind of go through and decide if that's something that's going to work for you or not. You know, um, I would never say like, let a partner dictate what you do. Um, but I understand people that are committed, like that is something to consider, but there's nothing wrong with doing it and just trying it and not posting it anywhere. Piece of advice is to just, there's nothing that's, going to be harmed by just trying it and seeing what you think you don't have to show it to anyone for sure I mean Um, the first shoot that I had that was like fully like explicit um it sat on my desktop in a folder for like maybe like a month and a half before I actually pulled the trigger and like posted it for sale yeah and then you just had to decide when it was right for you so like even I had the misconception of boudoir that like you do a boudoir shoot for someone else Oh, yeah. um, and when I did like my first one, that was like, I've only, we, we've both done one mm-hmm. for me. It wasn't the greatest experience. I'd like to try it again <laughs> with like a trusted photographer and, you know, come shoot like with someone me. I, really <laughs> I would shoot with you. Um, the photographer that we work with frequently is actually a boudoir photographer. Usually oh, cool. um, I'm one of her like three cosplayers that she works with. So she's always trying to talk me into one. She's like, "L, L, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. 
come to the dark side. Like, <laughs> but, but in the fun way and not the creepy way. No, it's oh, in a exactly. fun way. Also no photographers that would do She was just like, this would be so cute. You should do this. And I'm like. Oh, trust me. I, I have my fair share of like creepy photographers all the time. I went into it thinking like, well, you only do these if you're going to like show them to your spouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was really before like we'd gotten to know our burlesque friends and like had a really better idea of that type of like self-expression and art. Oh, for sure. And now I see like all these women booking shoots with the photographer we work with who have no intention of showing them to anyone, mm-hmm. you know, and as content creators, we're always like, why would you pay for a shoot that you're not going to post? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, it's the first oh, thing yeah. that comes to your head is like, why are you going to pay it? Cause they're paying like wild money. Oh yeah. For, for sure. Some of these photo shoots and you know, rightly, you know, photographers should be paid rightly so mm-hmm. but you're like but what are you gonna do with it it's just gonna sit there and then you start to realize you know as I've done more professional shoots with the photographer that we work with is uh Catherine Lynn photography you know just doing the shoot itself can be worth the money I didn't realize that because we'd only done like con shoots previously yeah and so now I'm Huge getting difference. it you know I get some of this out of doing regular like cosplay photo shoots so now I'm like okay now I get it I see what this is actually supposed to be for it's that whole like uh not everything has to be content it can just be for me (laughs) yeah well and it's also you know understanding that okay so you know boudoir isn't intended to be like a gift for your significant other Mm -hmm. and only that like there's so much more behind it that you know I didn't really realize until I was older and knew more people and you know, that was like, oh, I get it now. I see. I see the point. <laughs> so like, you don't have to wait to do one. When you have a partner, you can give it as a gift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here you go. Surprise. Like, <laughs> Which I know is like a, um, you know, misconception. That mm-hmm. It's like, well, what else would I, you know, isn't that what this is for? And it's like, well, not necessarily. You could do this for yourself. Yeah. I know a lot of people that, that do boudoir shoots because they just want to feel that empowerment and they want to see themselves. They want to see how beautiful they are in like through the lens of the camera. I don't think a lot of us see ourselves in third person like that. And it, it can be this huge, like transformative, like, oh my gosh, like I do feel beautiful. I do look good. Like a lot of us are not used to seeing ourselves like that. Well, I mean, even I've gotten that from some cosplay photo shoots mm-hmm. as well. Oddly enough, the one that sticks with me is Joanna, because I look at my shoot that I did for Joanna and I'm like, are we sure that's me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Are we sure? Like, and no wonder everyone's saying I should dye my hair blue and grow it out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, I see it. But it's like, you don't like look at yourself that way. Oh, for sure. You know, on the outside, you're like, oh, huh. That's interesting. (laughs) Well, and especially like... There's a reason why people like to book these types of shoots, especially when they come like the full package where you get like maybe part of your like wardrobe provided for you and styled for you. You get your hair done. You get that full glam makeup going. Oh, yeah. It's 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 totally worth the money. And I know back in the day, I used to look at some of that stuff and I'd be like, wait a second. Like, why would I want to spend this much money on that? But I was kind of trying to explain it to my my partner yesterday um we're talking about Catherine's doing um mermaid shoots this fall mm-hmm. and i was like this sounds really fun um 
and I just kind of mentioned it. And he's like, oh, you know who would really like this? And he mentioned like a, a tween that we know. And it was like, yes, she'd probably love that, but I would never spend that kind of money on it for her mm-hmm. <laughs> because you no, know, like it's, it's really expensive. And I told him how much it was and I thought his eyes were going to pop out of their socket. <laughs> He's like for a dress-up shoe, and I'm like, yes, for a dress-up shoe. But it's getting, it's kind of like self all of these things, and it's amazing. But yeah. Well, and her promo price was really good for it what was you were really getting. good. So I, I was like, I need to buy other things right now. But I yeah. Really want to. Well, yeah. That's... The regular price is going to be more. So. I also don't <laughs> that many pictures. No, it's a, yeah. It was a, a package with a obscene amount of pictures, and we we're mm-hmm. just like, that's. Usually if a package has more than, like, 10, I'm not feeling I need more than that mm-hmm. of, like, the same thing. But again, content creator brain. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like, why would I want more than 10 of the same costume in the same setting? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need that. I need, like, things in as many places as possible. But that's not what this mermaid shoot is about. It's about feeling like this beautiful fantasy creature. Yes. That you would never get to be otherwise. Like Pretty, pretty mermaid whole... princess. Pretty Mermaid Princess. It's, it's the full point. magical girl transformation. Yeah. It is a magical girl transformation. Yeah, because they basically. were doing hair or wigs and makeup, full glam makeup and body paint. Oh, yeah. Tails. Oh, yeah. Yep. And and custom accessories to go with it. Yes. So, yeah. Totally worth the package price. I'm sure I will be. I can't wait to see pictures because I know we know people that are going to do it. Yeah. It's one of those things that you just don't like. No. You don't think about it. And you're like, oh, yeah. That's what this is about. It's about your self-expression. And understanding who you are and your identity. Oh, that sounds like an episode we just did. Um, <laughs> yeah, <weird. laughs> or like the theme of this entire season. Sure, sure. Now, I know one of the biggest concerns for a lot of people when they decide to do like even just boudoir for themselves is photographer safety. Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. And I know you mentioned that you've worked you worked with photographers at first. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any recommendations on like photographer safety like things to look for things to watch for oh sure um I think kind of just like with any normal shoot um look for someone that kind of specializes in what you're looking for so if you want to do boudoir find a photographer that does boudoir um kind of like standard kit like always bring a friend um if they say you can't be bring a friend then run the other way like you know um just stuff like that. Anything that you would apply to a normal shoot, you kind of apply to like a boudoir shoot, but definitely like open communication with a photographer. Be really upfront about like your boundaries. Um, good photographers usually ask for consent if they're going to like adjust you on a boudoir shoot. Um, just look out for like any red flags. If it doesn't feel right, then don't do it. But typically if you, if you want something like boudoir, try to find someone that specializes in that because it's it's like its own monster and mm-hmm. you want to find someone familiar with the challenges that come with a shoot like that. Because there are a lot of people that will say they do it. But they don't like actually do exactly. it. They like shoot yeah. in like their basement and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm terrified. Like <laughs> I'm going to get murdered down here. Because well, uh-huh. you see, it, it's, it's a very common offer at conventions. In, oh like, yeah. We're like, <laughs> oh yeah. Room and take your clothes off so I can yep. take pictures of you. Yeah, yeah it's, no. it's a very common offer in mm-hmm. like, conventions. And like one of the things we would definitely recommend is make sure you have a written contract of the usage for those photos. Yes. 
Because if they are something you don't want to have be public, you are going to want that in writing because technically the photographer owns them. Yeah, a good photographer will usually have like a social media disclosure form or like a consent form that says like, hey, am I allowed to share this on social media? Can I put it in my portfolio? And you can either like consent or not. You know, any good photographer like worth their stuff will have something like that. And if yeah. they don't, um, don't be afraid to bring it up. Yeah, I mean, get you can also have writing drafted. Yeah, but mm-hmm. get it in writing. Always get it in writing. It's important so that yes. you know, like, what your rights are and what their rights are. And, you know, if anything happens, mm-hmm. um, you know, then you have a way to kind of work on that. Well, and I know that you mentioned now you kind of do all your own stuff. And I'm just very curious. Do you have, like, a like a schedule you follow during the day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every Tuesday, <laughs> every Tuesday for three years. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I I kind of have this whole process that I follow because I take all my own stuff. Um, a shoot for me lasts a little bit longer than like a traditional shoot with a photographer. Um, but I, I try to shoot like once a week just to keep my, my eyes sharp. And that's how I've gotten like to where I am is I'm always practicing. I'm always shooting. Um but yeah, I, I usually shoot on Tuesdays and then I edit throughout the week and then I just catalog as much as I can. And obviously there's lots of more work behind the scenes that happens than doing the photo shoot alone. So Oh yeah, I'm I, I'm a one man machine. Like I, I do the the costumes and the photos and the editing and all the admin work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um but but I love it. I mean, it, it's a lot of work, but I I've gotten my stuff to look the way I want and I have full control over that. And that's kind of like, it's, it's all worth it at the end of the day for me. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned, so obviously this is your primary source of income and as a side gig, you've also started doing photography for other people. Um, Are there any other income streams not related to this particular business that you incorporate into your daily life and what your regular week looks like? Um, no, I mean, honestly, like my, my lore is that, uh, when I was, uh, 17, I was, I was graduating early and I was the valedictorian in my class. And my parents said, what do you want to do for work? And I had friends that were just starting to like do the cosplay thing professionally. And I asked for my parents, I said, can you give me a gap year to try to make this a job? And they were like, absolutely not. And I got into a huge like blowout fight with my parents. And I said, like, I'm going to show you that I can do this. And that's back when I was doing like, like cosplay and like more like regular cosplay and like armor and stuff like that. Um, but even back then, like I was making more than I would at like a standard retail job. And then as I went on and I transitioned into this, like it, it just kind of took over and it became like my full-time gig. Like that's, that's all I do, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and crafting on top of it, like that's, that's oh yeah, and everybody knows, well, everyone should know. (laughs) The smaller the costume pieces and the more fitted they are, the more of a pain they are to make. People don't realize, man, those those like bikinis and stuff, they are so structured. Like yeah. <laughs> the teeny tiny costumes are so hard. They're so hard. Yeah. They have to fit so perfectly or you like can't wear them. Yeah, like, no, like I've made some intense stuff. The the smaller it is, believe it or not, the harder it is because you have to be so precise. There's no duct tape when there's no place to duct tape. Well, exactly. Like you can't you can't put tape where there's nowhere to put tape. Like yeah, it needs to perfectly fit you so it stays mm-hmm. where you want it to be while you are wearing it. Exactly. Like that's 
I mean, that's just how it you you can t- you can double stick tape all you want, but if it doesn't fit, it's not going to fix the problem. It, so. It's a rough road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you want it to look good, so you want it to fit. Sure. Like it's not it's not going to have the same like quality if it doesn't fit in the photos. Exactly. Like, which I think people don't think about. They're like, oh, you just throw something on. Well, no, it still needs yeah. to like fit. It's still got to look good. It's still got to fit. Like, right. there's only so much other thing can do. Good. But it is very, 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 very hard to sew teeny tiny customs. Oh, yeah. All the struggles that come with like making a normal costume, you deal with that same exact stuff when you're making, you know, lingerie or bikinis or anything. It's all the same stuff at the end of the day. Patterning bottoms is the worst. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so bad. The bane so of hard. my existence. <laughs> it's so hard. Like, they don't want to fit. You're working usually with materials that are terrible to work with. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not not all sunshine and rainbows making. Mm, I've got quite a bit of experience with tiny baby booty shorts. <laughs> I hate Harley shorts. I need to, like, redo them again, but I don't want to. Yeah. At this point, I'm just going to leave them. And then when I'm not competing with her, I'm just going to buy stretchier Because <laughs> <laughs> I made them out of the really nice, like, like imitation leather. And they look really nice, but they're not very comfortable. Oh. Like, they, they are not very, the, like, cheap, stretchy pleather shorts would be so much more comfortable that you can buy from Amazon. Mm-hmm. But when you're competing, you can't do that. Yeah. So I have to wear these shorts that fit fine but are not very comfortable. So That's I'm like, struggle. when I'm not competing in this costume, I am not wearing these shorts. I'm wearing the stretchy, comfy pleather shorts that I have instead. <laughs> no. They're not as, I don't know what's worse. Those are gloves right now. Though. Oh, gloves are also awful. Gloves are terrible. I hate gloves. <laughs> I've just resigned myself to the fact that I have to do the gloves by hand because I can't do it on the machine. Yeah, I can't put them on the machine. I have to do them by hand. I can't do it. It's those tight curves. It's just Uh like, you you go to do it and then you put it on and you're like, what happened? Like, my hand does not shape like that. (laughs) It looks like when you draw like the turkey on on the piece of paper and it's like, oh no. (laughs) Yes. No. Uh, Gloves might still be the worst thing. Sure. They might be. We need like the top 10 ranking, like worst things to sew. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody puts their sleeve in the wrong way. Oh, yeah. It's a rite of passage. That's, yeah. I mean, I still do that like on the regular. I'll just be like, how do I do this again? <laughs> magic. I think most people would say gloves. Most people that have made gloves would probably say gloves. Yes. But most people probably don't make their own gloves. Now I feel like I need a poll. <laughs> Like, what are the worst things to make? Like, mm-hmm. Tiny bottoms, gloves, putting sleeves in, <laughs> tailored garments in general. A tailored suit jacket might be one of the oh, worst yeah. things to make, too. For um, yourself. For yourself. Yes. They're not yes. as bad if it's for somebody else. But no. for your tailoring anything to yourself is kind of terrible but mm-hmm. unless you own one of those body double things that's like perfectly sized for you oh like the yeah. mannequins with like the yeah. arms and stuff like the fancy the 3d yeah. printed ones that are you do the, like 3d body scans yeah super expensive but i'm like yes. i need that <laughs> i do need that but i don't want to pay for it right so i use my like 
almost 20 year old (laughs) thing that's falling apart that I need to replace. We do what we can with what we have. (laughs) We do what we can with what we have. And then you ask your friend to go check the seam for me, please, because I can't see it, but I need to know if it's correct or not. It doesn't matter. Even if you're making tiny costumes, it's still a pain. It's still a pain. It's all the oh. it's all the same at the end of the day. <laughs> Tiny armor might be the worst. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's the armor attachments when you have nothing to attach it to. Yes. And it's like where do the where do the pauldrons go? There's nothing to put it There's on. There's nothing like, here. Where do they go? <laughs> like magic. How are they here? Screwed into your bones. Well, and you know that someone's <laughs> gonna do something not smart and use like you know spirit gum or something and no. throw their armor to their shoulders, and you're like, don't please do don't. It. Um, actually, no, them. I have seen that because somebody did do that and came into the like costume room at a con we were at and was asking for help, and because they glued their um, red riot pieces. To no. Yeah. No. Like, at least it was with like spirit gum or something, and wasn't like. You know, not it was skin, skin safe. safe, but I don't know if it was armor safe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to put spirit gum directly on foam armor. But lessons were learned that day. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't guaranteed. know. I question that with with a lot of cosplayers. Did no guarantee. Or are you just going to recompete, re uh, redo this crime that you <laughs> like to do? You know that you shouldn't have done it, but you did it anyway. But you did it anyway, and you're gonna do it again. How could okay. this happen to me? <laughs> right? Yeah. How did this happen no. again? We choose so, the crimes that we commit. Yeah. <laughs> so, what kind of advice do you have for anybody that's kind of looking to break into the industry? Um, some of our newer 18 plus cosplayers that are possibly wanting to move into something like boudoir. Um, so I have a couple things. If you're going, if you're like fresh into it, take your pictures, your first shoot and sit on them for like a couple weeks and then look back on them and say, is this really what I want to do? Because if you go into it and be like, oh, I'm just like throwing myself like, let's go. I think that a lot of people, uh, kind of jump the gun a little bit and it's so important to decide if is that this is what you want to do because ultimately it's on the internet. And it's on there forever. The internet um, is forever. Exactly. And um, you need to decide if this is the path that you want to go down. Because once you do, um, it, it is forever. Um, so take your pictures, put them on your desktop, sit on them for a while, and then look back and say, am, am I ready to do this Like emotionally, physically? Because it, it you are your product at the end of the day in this line of work. And you need to make sure that you are ready for that. Um The other thing is have the conversation with the people closest to you that you're worried about their opinion because the work, it's going to be so much worse if they find it out, not from you. Um, So, you know, take the steps to, you know, talk to your best friend, talk to your spouse. If you are on that level with your parents, you know, talk to them just in case it ever gets found out. It's a horrible conversation to have after the fact. It's better to be up front and be like, this is something I'm thinking about doing Um, You'll save yourself a lot of heartache. Um, The other thing is uh, be ready for the business side of it, because a lot of people think that this is such an easy line of work and you're going to make so much money. Uh, It is a lot of work. It's it is a lot of work physically. Uh, These shoots are sometimes more intense than a regular shoot. Um, 
emotionally. I mean, you have to see yourself in a way that you would not normally see yourself like objectively. Um, so just be ready for like the amount of admin work that you have to do tax wise, get familiar with like a CPA that specializes in like, you know, internet influencers and stuff like that. So you know that you're doing your deductions properly. And ultimately at the end of the day, make sure that you love what you're doing because this is a wonderful industry to be in. It's changed my life for the better. Um, but I know that not everyone has had a good experience. So just, you know, sit on it and make sure that, that if you're going to do it, that you love it. All great advice. Yes. I think a lot of that advice can also go for any of our listeners that want to be professional cosplayers. Oh yeah, for sure. It's that business side that gets forgotten about. Yeah. I think, um, something that I say often when I panel is, um, learn to see through your audience's eyes. Um, I get asked about what what the heck do I mean by that? And it's when when we do work like this, whether it's adult work or cosplay work, um, we kind of go blind because we're not seeing our stuff, our stuff objectively. So if you can learn to view your work in like an abstract, that's when you start to really grow. Definitely the thing that no one thinks about. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because it's not fun to think about that kind of stuff. Well, no. So people as, can as, ignore it. As we're going through the whole business LLC thing right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Going to have I those hate fun all of this. Conversations, especially if you're working with another person, you have to have all those like, yes. fun conversations about business type things. Are we going to do this? Deal with lawyers and do accountants and mm-hmm. banks. And you sit to, down to do your deductions and you're like, oh, gosh. What do I do? Like, and like, oh, we logically how many forms do I have to make now? <laughs> Should we logically deduct this? Mm-hmm. Is this a deductible expense or is this a fun expense? How do we tell the difference? Yes. Get what yourself a good CPA. Yeah. Yes, I believe that was on Ash's list was to get us somebody that uh, could tell us how to set this up properly. So, yeah. What type of business do I want to register as? Because I have mm-hmm. three other options. So, yeah, lots of lots of fun, boring, businessy things that are all really important and need to be thoroughly thought out before you just jump in. Oh yeah. Yes. So there's nothing worse than getting nailed on your taxes. No. no. Yeah. Have, and a lot have... of that stuff is hard to change after you do it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like if if you're gonna do an LLC, always do like an S Corp just in case because then you don't have to change it later if you like add a business partner and add an employee, because otherwise it's a nightmare to get it changed. Sure. Yeah, lots we were just talking about what was that purpose <laughs> and how we were like, well, we don't know if we'd ever add an employee, but what if we did? Well, if we do oh, this, then we don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the things. Wild. You have to think about all those hypotheticals of what right? could happen and how could this potentially change in the future. Be nice to yourself later. Because like. <laughs> you've got yeah, your absolutely. logic brain of what you think will happen, but then what mm-hmm. if like the things that you don't think will happen happen? And then what sure. do you do? So mm-hmm. be prepared, friends. For everything. That's the motto. For everything. Do your due diligence. And know your Understand worth. Understand it is a business. Know mm-hmm. your worth. That's my point. Yes. Also oh, yes. know what you're worth, which we will and have talked about <laughs> so many times. Yes. But sometimes it's hard, though, because, again, you it's, get that emotional con- connection yeah. where you're like, oh, well, I want to do this. And, you know, I'm doing this for me. But once you have a business established with it, it, that kind of, you have to look at it from a, you know, consumer product relationship. Once you take someone's money or you're selling stuff, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's why we have Ash, because I will just say yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but One I of the few places in my it, life no. I get to be the, the source of reason. Yeah. <laughs> Ash is the source. I am the creative. <laughs> right? Wasn't that? I was the creative. Executive. Yes, we were making up titles one day. And I was like, you get to be chief creative officer. Yes. You have to have your left side of your brain and your right side of your brain. Yes. <laughs> Ash is the I like to do side of our brain. I like to do the other side of the brain things. I actually really thoroughly enjoy them, um, but I have to counterbalance Bell. So. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't do the other stuff. Yeah, my brain doesn't work that way. So I just go, what? Yes. How We're making fancy this? names for ourselves. Boom, boom, boom. Business oh, but... that's how we get those numbers. Cool. I don't understand any of that. What does this mean? No, I have no what idea. What does it mean? There's no, I couldn't run a business by myself. I don't know how to math. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. But those are good things to know about yourself. Yes. Besides your own limitations. something like this is you need to understand your own limitations. And if you're going to need a partner in order to make it successful. Or to hire a professional. Or you're going to have to hire yeah. a professional to help set you. Set your work hours. Always set yes. your work hours. Clock in and clock out. Do it. Save yourself. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because the internet has made us all feel like we should be available 24-7, and that is not accurate. That is if you don't accurate. clock out, you will get burnt out. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. If you don't clock out, you'll get burnt out. It's true. Can, can confirm. True story. Oh, yes, can confirm. Yeah, that's Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us for this super fun conversation. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... We were talking a little bit earlier. Would you like to tell our listeners about your side project that you have coming out, probably announced by the time that this episode airs? Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited. Uh, I'm actually opening my own studio uh, here in Las Vegas. Um, yeah, it's it's really exciting. Uh, God, I've been working on it every single day uh, for the past like six months. <laughs> and it's finally here. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm kind of starting to do more of the photography thing. And uh, we've built this incredible studio called uh, Neon Cowgirl Media. And um, we are gonna kind of specialize in doing really intense cosplay shoots. So if that's something anybody's interested in, um, you know, feel free to check out our stuff. <laughs> so we need to take a vacation. Vegas, oh yes. So oh, yeah. we can come to your photo studio. Okay. <laughs> Obviously. Bring me all the beautiful costumes to take pictures of. Please. I mean, <laughs> we have direct flights to Vegas and they're reasonably priced because they're one of those tiny airlines that like nickels and dimes you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. But I mean, if we're just taking, you know, only cosplay to wear. That's true. Carry you know. You need, you need clothes. You don't need clothes. It's fine. Totally fine. Well, it's I'm very... excited for you. Yes, that's very exciting. Yes. Yeah, congratulations it's, on this next chapter. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. I I realized a while ago how much I I love taking photos and it was something that I wanted to kind of continue to pursue. And um my amazing business partner Katrina, she's my best friend. Um she's my studio manager and we sat down and we said what do we want out of a photo studio? Like what's the experience that we've always wanted and uh we built it from the ground up on that idea. So um it's this incredible inclusive space built around um, making people feel comfortable and giving them like the shoot of their dreams. Very good. Very nice. Yeah. Yes. So where can our listeners find you? 
Sure. Um, I'm on all of the social medias as the cosplay bunny. And if you want to check out the photo studio stuff, um, check out uh, neoncowgirlmedia.com. Awesome. And we will put those links in the show notes um, as we usually do. So you can find blue all over the internet and eventually at their fabulous studio. If you are located in the Vegas area. Woohoo. Yeah. Or visiting. <laughs> I mean Or visiting. I mean you know, hey, we got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> lots and you know. lots of stuff to do. All good things. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Blue, so much for joining us. Um, this has been a super fun conversation. We'll have to pick it up sometime. Yes, yeah. for sure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, all right, friends. I'm Ash. I'm Elle. We are Lobby Cosplay. And this is Shenanigans Cosplayers Say. You've been listening to Shenanigans Cosplayers Say, produced by LVC Productions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube at Lavi Cosplay. Our podcast Instagram is Podcast SCS. Our website is lavicosplay.com. Have a fun, crazy con or cosplay-related story, absurd cosplay question, or just something in general to share with us? Email us at podcastscs at gmail.com or DM us at podcastscs or Lavi Cosplay on Instagram. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and remember, just because you can doesn't mean you should.